You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. We are going to be continuing our series on Exodus, and we are in chapter 19 today. And we've seen this big idea that we have seen through the entire book of Exodus, found in Exodus 6. And if God was to sum up Exodus in one statement, he would say, I am the living God, and I care for my people. And we've seen this statement come through or true so many different times as we've gone through the book of Exodus. How he's led them through the nation of uh, how he led the nation of Israel to freedom. How he they witnessed the plagues, the water turned to blood, the frogs, the gnats, the flies, the boils, the hail, the locusts, and more. We've seen the witness of the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, the how he led them to the battle and found in Exodus 17 that they had provision of bread. And water, but we know one thing though when we when we look at Moses and look what how God has carried them through, we know that moses 's best days are still ahead because God always has more for us. You know, I recently heard in a podcast and it was this guy talking about man how when we look at the best days ahead how we say that God's best days are yet to come we think of the best pastime that we've had with God and we say we want that again and I'm here to say no that's not the case God wants to do a new thing God wants to do something that you've never seen before he wants to do that in your life just as he's did in Moses' life he wants to do that in this church just as he did in Moses' life But God wants to do something new in the best days ahead, and we just need to constantly recognize God's presence in our life. That his presence isn't tied to this building, it's not tied to just the the events that happen here, but it goes with us as we leave this place. So this morning I want to give you an encouraging yet challenging word on how to recognize God's presence in our life. And the first way we recognize God's presence is by recognizing how much he loves us. In Exodus 19, it's a moment where God reveals himself to Moses. It's also the sign that was given in Moses, Exodus 3.12, is fulfilled here. But it's also a moment of waiting. Because we find out from the very beginning in verse 1 that they waited here for a year, just a little over a year. But it's a transition from this movement to staying put. Again, we saw them from the get-go, from uh, Exodus uh, through the whole book, how they parted the Red Sea and they kept moving. They went through the battle. They went through the, the provision of bread and water. And it's a moment where they're constantly moving and they're moving and moving. But then they come to this moment where they're staying put. It wasn't Moses going up one afternoon and coming down with some tablets. No, they waited here for a very long time. And it's in moments of waiting where we can begin to ask, God, what are you doing? God, now what? God, do you care? I mean, think about it. They went from moving to constantly staying put, which is very interesting. They get to this moment and they stop. You know, I know in my life in 2021, I asked very similar questions. 
We're in a moment of transition in our life, and it was really only the second time I've come to this uh, transitional moment in my life. The first one was after college, where I was like, I just graduated college, and I'm just like, okay, God, now what do you want to do in my life? And then I uh, left my previous job, and I'm like, now, God, what do you want to do in my life? It was a moment of transition, and I asked these questions. God, what are you doing in my life? God, now what? God, do you see me? God, do you care? And I constantly felt like God was silent in my life. Have you ever been there this morning? Have you ever been there where you just feel like, man, God's, you've been asking God questions, but he's been silent. Can I tell you this morning that God can stand your questions? But the problem with, uh, with the, we, when we ask questions, we, we need to move to this moment where we understand that God still loves us. Despite we may be going through situations, despite we may go through transitions in our life, that God still loves us. And that he's going to see us through. He's going to carry us through those situations. We need to understand that even in the silent seasons, that God still loves us. It says in verse 3 and 4 of Exodus 19, it says, While Moses went up to God, the Lord called, called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. You see, in these verses, the Lord begins by having Moses remind the people of what he has done in Egypt and how he has carried them through every situation that they ever encountered. And in Deuteronomy 32.11, we see that this illustration of the eagle's wings is a mother eagle who carries her young on her wings, and it's about this eagle's protection on her young. And so we see this, this uh, scriptures playing this out, how God is a God who carries, carries us through, and he protects us. And in the previous chapter, Jethro has spoken about Moses is about the need that Moses needed to appoint others to carry this burden. So 19.4 is the Lord who has carried his people, and Scripture is presenting a God who always carries his people. God carried them through everything. And some of you are sitting here today, and God has carried you through some things that you've gone through the, some valley moments in your life, and God's carried you through. God has watched over you. He's shown you how much he you, loves you. And when we look at a God who's carried us through everything, it also allows, his, allows us to look at him in faith. Because we remind ourselves, man, God has done this in my life. God has carried me through in this situation. God's carried me through in transition. God's carried me through with uh, my parents' divorce. God's carried me through with all this stuff. And if he can do it then, he'll certainly do it now. That God will be a God who carries us through because of how much he loves us. We've seen God's faithfulness, and we're going to continue to see God's faithfulness. Just like Moses continually saw God's faithfulness, we can also see God's faithfulness in our lives. Secondly, we recognize God's presence in our life by responding in obedience. It says in verse 5, it says, Now therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my commandment, you shall be my treasured possessions among all peoples, for the earth is mine. And we see this idea played out twice in Scripture, and this idea of being God's treasured possessions, 
coupled with this idea of holiness. And we see it another time in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 26, 18 through 19. It says, And the Lord has declared today that you are a people for his treasured possessions, as he has promised you, and that you are to keep all his commandments and all that he will set you in praise and in fame and in honor high above all nations that he has made. And that you shall be a people holy to the Lord your God as he has promised. And again, we see this idea of treasure possession coupled with this idea of holiness. So what does that look like in our lives? I think one of the best ways I can uh, illustrate this is through a relationship. Renissa and I have been married for almost six years. But in a marriage, we have to learn what makes your spouse happy. I have to learn what makes Renissa happy. I have to learn what makes Renissa mad. I have to learn what makes Renissa annoyed. And I have to use that against her. Just, just kidding. She, uh, I do do that often. She can tell you all kinds of stories of how I annoy her and annoy her on purpose. Amen? Just kidding. But you have to learn what makes your spouse feel loved. You have to learn what delights her. If Renissa came home with uh, brownie batter and cookie dough ice cream from Hudsonville, that would delight me. I love that. But when God gives us this law, he's saying, these are the things that delight me. These are the things that love me. That these are the things that honor me that play out in Exodus 20. And this is really confirmed when Peter, when he borrowed this imagery from Exodus 19 in 1 Peter 2, 5 and 9, how the church today is God's holy priesthood that we are to be set apart, that we are to be different. So I have to ask you these questions this morning. Are there things in your life that do not please Him? Are there things in your life that don't set you apart? Because part of our walk with God is being willing to ask those questions, and let's always remind ourselves when we ask those questions that God still loves us. One commentator put it this way, That God's passion is not just a holy nation, but also a holy people. What is the value if there is only only a growth in size and numbers, but not a corresponding growth in God-likeness? Size without sanctification produces only a big but empty balloon. Prick it, and it vanishes. So this morning, how deep are you in your walk with Christ? Are there any blind spots in your life that, and how can you delight yourself in him more as you look at it and you examine your own life? Because when you do, verse 6 says, and you shall be uh, to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, these are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. You see, here's what I understand this morning, is God wants to do something in your life. And when God does do that thing in your life and people see it, they're going to say it can only be God that did that. Lastly, we recognize God's presence by setting special time aside. You see, when you set set special time aside, it helps prepare us for what God wants to do in our lives. And when Moses prepared his people in Exodus 19, 9 through 15, And it reads, when Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. 
For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, and you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to get, go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned not or shot, whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and, and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments, and they said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near your woman. So to consecrate yourself. And what does consecration mean? It means to be set apart for, for holiness. So it's this idea that, man, we're setting a special time aside for God. We're preparing ourselves for what God wants to do in our life. Be ready, because on the third day, God is going to do something amazing. It's going to happen right there on Mount Sinai. And four times in the Old Testament, God says to consecrate yourself. And each time, God does something amazing afterwards. And in this particular instance, it's to give the covenant and the law at Sinai, which we'll see about next week in Exodus 20. Yes, Scripture tells us not to worry about tomorrow. But it also tells us to get ready for that special tomorrow when God is going to speak or act in some decisive way. So I want to ask you, are you ready for God to move in your life? Are you prepared for God to move in your life? Because I can say this, that the waiting on God's presence is always worth it. That when you wait on God's presence, and then when you find your time spending time in the Word or in worship, that waiting on His presence is always worth it. It's not tied to a building. It's not tied to the events that happen in this place. But it's tied to us when we leave this place. That setting that special time aside is always worth it because you're going to see God do amazing things in your, your life as you prepare. And in 1916, it says, On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. We see that this is a demonstration of God's power. The storm is a demonstration of God's power and presence. It's a storm that even made Moses tremble. But it's also a storm where the voice of God was heard. Now in Mount, it says in verse 19, 18 through 20, now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in the thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. You know, why is it important that everyone hears the voice right there? And it, it places recognition of Moses as the one who the Lord uniquely speaks to. It, they use the same verb uh, to put their trust in, is the same verb we find in Exodus 4.1, where Moses was saying, what if they don't believe in me? What if they don't see that, what I'm going to do, what if they don't see that? What if they don't trust me? What if they don't believe in me? It's the same verb that the Lord uses four times responding to Moses' questions. 
But what you see through the whole book of Exodus, and even in this moment, is the people were still putting their trust in Moses, that he's the one that the Lord is using. They've been doing this through the whole book of Exodus, and will they continue to put their trust in Moses when they hear God speak from a mountain through Moses? You know, sometimes the storms of life, no matter how loud the storm is, we can hear the voice of God in it. But also sometimes the Lord uses people and speaks through people to speak into your life. You know, I can think of countless times in my life where God has used people to speak through me, especially in 2021 as I was going through transitional season. I'm like, I kept asking this question, God, now what, what are you doing? God, how can I just continue to rely on you during the season? And God was using people in my life to continually speak to me. And God can do the same thing in your life. God will use people to speak to you. But then sometimes during the storms of life, no matter how loud the storm may be in your life, we can still hear the voice of God. It's just us taking that time to set a time, special time, where we uh, get into God's presence. And in closing, Hebrews 12 draws a very interesting contrast in comparison. And worship team, you can go ahead and come up. You see this contrast and comparison play out in Hebrews 12, 18, really through 29, but the one we're going to read is 18 through 24. And we're going to read from the message version. And it says, Unlike your ancestors who didn't come to Mount Sinai, all the volcanic blaze and earth-shaking rumble to hear God speak, the earth-splitting words and the soul-shaking message terrified them, and they begged him to stop. When they heard the words, if an animal touches the mountain is as good as dead, they were afraid to move. Even Moses was terrified. No, that's not your experience at all. You've come to Mount Zion, and in the city where the living God resides, the invisible Jerusalem is populated by throngs of festive angels and Christian citizens. It is a city where God is judge. With judgments that just that make you just. You've come to Jesus who presents us with the new covenant, a fresh charter from God. He is the mediator of all of this covenant. The murder of Jesus, unlike Abel's, a homicide that cried out for vengeance, became a proclamation of grace. You see, this writer, he's drawing a comparison and contrast between the old and the new, between this mountain that burning with fire, storms, trumpets blazing, trumpets that were so loud that people all around could hear over, it was like over, wait, like two million people could hear this trumpet blazing. But we have Mount Zion, this heavenly Jerusalem. And in Jesus, if we touch him, we don't need to fear dying. We just engage in his presence in a whole new way. Later in the same passage, in verse 29, the author of Hebrews concludes, for our God is a consuming fire. That God is a consuming fire at Mount Sinai. That God is a consuming fire at Calvary. That God is a consuming fire at Pentecost. That God is going to be a consuming fire when he returns. 
question is, are we ready? You see, what's the difference between the two places? What's the difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion? It's not God. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. It's not God. He's the same. The difference is, is we have this opportunity because we, get, we have this opportunity with the gift of salvation. That he's with us today. So how does these stories connect between then and now? I think a lot of times what can happen is we look at Mount Sinai and we're like, man, God's presence is with us at the church. God's presence is with us when we're at maybe a youth group or kids church or a church event. God's presence is with us. We look at that as if it's Mount Sinai not realizing that when we leave this place that God's presence goes with us. That we don't need to point to a specific area and say that's where God's presence is. But understanding, no, that God's presence is, yes, in this room, but God's presence is also in communication when we leave this place. That God's presence is with us in our workplace. He's with us in our schools. He's with us in our homes. He's with us in our car. He's with us everywhere we walk, in the grocery store, in the coffee shop, in the conversation. He's even with those who are in Florida right now on vacation. That God's presence is with us wherever we walk. Why? Because God's presence lives on the inside of us and it's not tied to a building because we are the church. But it's just that recognition of God's presence in our life. Recognizing how much He loves us. Recognizing that when we respond in obedience, it sets us up in a way to see His presence in our life. I ask you today, church, are you ready? Are you ready to see God move? Are you ready to see God's presence in your life? Are you ready for his second coming? Are you ready for, maybe you've been battling a situation in your life. Are you ready for him to carry you through that situation? You know, here's something I understand from battling trials and situations uh, in my life is I can't guarantee how long you're going to be in that situation. I can't guarantee how long you're going to be battling that. But what I can guarantee is God is continually carrying you through. It's just that recognition that God's presence is with you just like he is in the Bible, just like he is in Exodus, just like he's been with you in the past. He's going to continue to carry you through. Are you ready? Today, maybe that's where you are. Maybe you need to recognize God as Lord of your life. That he loves you so much that he died on the cross for you. That you have access to him today. You have that opportunity today to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And I want to give you that opportunity. And so I'm going to ask with everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're watching online and you're like, Pastor Sean, I need this Jesus that you're talking about. Just put in the comments, I need Jesus and we'll follow up with you. But maybe today there's someone in this room that would say, Pastor Sean, I need Jesus. 
need to remember that he died on the cross for me. That he bore my sins on that cross. That he loves me so much that he sent his only son. If you would say that's you, that you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time, or maybe this is a rededication, can I just see your hand? accept Jesus for the first time or rededicate your life to Jesus. Not seeing any hands and so I'm assuming based off that that everyone in this room knows who Jesus is. You can uh, go ahead and stand with me this morning. this idea that, man, I just need to set some time aside for God to do something in my life. To understand that He's the way maker. That He's following, He's carrying us through, just as He did in Exodus. Just as we've seen through this whole book. That God's presence carries us through. So today, we're going to close with this worship song, Waymaker. I don't want you to be rushed to leave this moment because I really want you to take this third idea in mind that when we engage in the presence of God, that we are setting this special time aside to engage in his presence. Because guess what? Get ready because God wants to do something in your life. So maybe uh, today, maybe by a show of hands, you would just say, man, Pastor Sean, I'm going through something through some situations. I need God to help carry me through. Can we do that? Can we just pray and then we'll sing this song? If you raise your hand, just pray out and just I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for everything that you do. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're our way maker. Lord, and you saw the hands that were raised. Lord, you've seen these ones who need to be carried through some situations. Lord, so I pray they would rely on you. Lord, I pray for the ones who might be battling cancer in their body. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, be healed. Lord, I pray for the ones who may be going through some family situations. Lord, would you carry them through that? we be able to rely on you? Would you make a way for us in this moment, Lord? I pray you'd wrap your arms around us as we engage in your presence in a whole new way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Go ahead and take away worship team. Come on, let's just take a moment this morning and just say to ourselves who God has been to us. Maybe you need to be reminded of who he is still, that he is the healer, that he is the provider, that he is the one who reconciles relationships, that he's the one who heals broken hearts, that he's the one that transforms lives. 
take a moment and recognize who he is this morning. of Mount Sinai that just to touch your presence led to death but Jesus we thank you that through your death we become vessels of your presence what a profound thing that because of your sacrifice because of your death the very thing that would have brought us death now brings us life now gives us power, now gives us restoration. And Jesus, we just thank you for that, for your sacrifice, for the price that you paid, for showing us the way that you are the way maker. So Jesus, we just welcome your presence here in our lives. We welcome your, your presence here in every area, every facet. That just as Pastor Sean said, you know, your presence isn't here in this building. Your presence is here in me. It's in us. And so as we leave this place, we leave as people filled with your power, filled with your presence. Lord, help us to be your hands and your feet to a lost, to a hurting, to a broken world. Lord, that it's not us showing them the way, that we are pointing them to you who is the way, the truth, and the life. But Lord, help our feet to be on mission. Help our hands to be on mission. Help our hearts. Lord, just fill us this morning so that we can be your ambassadors as we leave this place. And we know that as we do, that you will be before us, you will be behind us, you will be all around us every single step of the way. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service this morning. You can go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.